0: Welcome to the Innovation and Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller.
1: My guest today is Herb Kelsey, the Project Fort Zero team leader at Dell Technologies. Herb, thanks so much for taking the
0: time today. Absolutely. Happy to be here and happy to have a discussion about Zero Trust with you. There's a lot to talk about zero trust. I'm going to set just a little bit of
1: context for our discussion today. Uh, January, believe it or not, will be two years since OMB released their zero trust strategy. Agencies uh, continue down their path. 19 actions as outlined in that strategy. The journey, as we know, is is a never ending one. Uh, There's never starting and there's never an end, but there's a continuous uh, change and updates and and continuous uh, uh, efforts to improve. We also know that OMB is is asking agencies to spend a lot of money on zero trust. I think the budget request for 2024 is $5.5 billion alone just for ZTA. The amount of money going to cyber over the last few years, $1.5 billion more than requested in 2021 and and, and $2.7 billion more in 2022, that's a 27% increase in federal cybersecurity over the last few years. And at the same time, meetings at the executive levels among IT, non-IT leaders all continue to give this initiative the focus and really, most importantly, the accountability that's needed to really push Zero Trust forward and really change the way agencies address cybersecurity. So, Herb, with that little bit of context in place, let's start there. There's a lot of uh, discussion around what is Zero Trust, what it's not. We all know it's not a product. We all know it's not a single piece of technology. It's a really a fundamental change in thinking. So how are you at Dell Technologies really focused on what is zero trust?
0: So I would say a couple of things in that regard. First of all, we do think that it's a journey with a destination, at least from a technology standpoint. You know, the other thing that we've learned in talking to our customers is that We can help them solve the technology problem and we can talk about that, but there's also a customer side of this, a policy side, which is really where their focus should be. But if we talk about the technology side for us, it means understanding the collection of best best practices that has to be implemented in order for you to achieve your zero trust objective. The second thing that was important to us is that while OMB and NIST and um, CISA have their zero trust frameworks and guidance, we're taking our guidance directly from the DOD architecture. The DOD architecture is very specific about what you have to do. And more importantly, they do define a destination because the DOD has said, you have to meet very specific outcomes and criteria 152 of them, to be considered advanced zero trust. So for Dell, the key thing is we do believe that there's a technical destination that can be reached, and we do believe that there's a well-respected third party, in this case the DOD, that's going to measure us against that.
1: I was on a recent panel with Randy Resnick, the zero trust lead for DOD, and he talked about we are getting all the reports coming in, all the assessments. So I know that they are they are well busy to figure out what that path, that journey does look like. Let's first talk the technical side. Then I would definitely want to talk the policy side, because I think that's in the customer side, which are both very important. From a technical standpoint, uh, where are you seeing a lot of agencies focus? Uh, I know uh, identity and access management was an early one. Later, uh, we've heard a lot about EDR, but where are you seeing some of those technical discussions happening today?
0: Well, I think the technical discussions are happening across the zero trust spectrum, as you said. People really are picking the low-hanging fruit, where they can start, where they've made progress before. I think the real trick is: is that enough to be able to thwart the enemy? And again, you know, in the in the guise of what is zero trust? For us, zero trust is meeting the standard that the DOD has put forward that they're going to judge our solution against, because in their determination, that's what it takes to defeat the the adversary. The concern that I would have with people starting somewhere, like identity management, and not working on the other pillars of zero trust in, in parallel, is that all they're doing is pushing the adversary to an area that they're not focused on right now. So if you take care of the identity management piece, but you don't take care of the device management piece, that's a problem. If you don't do all of the logging that's required, that's just another gap that the adversaries can exploit. And so the conversations that I have with agencies, whether it's in the US or around the world, is you really need to look at building Across all of those pillars or whichever framework you have, you need to build across all of it in order to be successful. And so that's that's really the guidance that I've been that I've been suggesting um, for a number of months. And I also know that Randy out of that portfolio office says the same thing that you need to work across all the pillars, bring everything up at once to get to a level where you can actually defeat the adversary.
1: When you talk about working across those pillars, that can be challenging and there's budget limitations. How can you overcome that? What are some of those ways that you're seeing agencies really saying, okay, we can't do everything, but we have to do what's important in in several
0: different uh, aspects? So- You know, Again, when I talk to agencies, I'm not giving them guidance on how they solve the technical problem. What I'm trying to educate them on is the fact that Dell has committed since over a year ago to solving that technology problem for them, to give them an integrated solution that meets each of those zero trust objectives so that their burden is no longer how do we integrate all of these disparate uh, technologies, but their burden becomes how do we handle the policy requirements that are also embedded in all the zero trust um, activities?
1: The policy side is, is always a, a huge piece. Uh, Herb, let's talk a little bit about that. You mentioned it's the customer side, the policy side uh, early on in our conversation. Uh, let's talk. start with the policy. We know agencies need policies in twofold, right? They need the policy that says, how will zero trust work within our environment? How does that architecture matter? They also need the policy side of Herb Kelsey is allowed to see this document or Jason is not allowed to see that system. Yeah. There's a policy side there too. Let's start by defining when you say policy, you mean both or you mean one or the other?
0: So let me describe it this way. So when you look at the the DWD architecture for Zero Trust, they've done two versions of it. It sets forth a set of activities that you have to accomplish, 152 of them. What we did as a technology company is we looked at those for requirements for what we had to accomplish within our integrated solution. But what we also found is that there are just as many, if not more, policy-based decisions that an organization has to make, whether that is how they handle PKI, whether it's how they handle uh, creating a device inventory, or so on. There are hundreds of requirements, of policy requirements, and decisions that you want to make. A zero trust implementation is meant to be managed by policy and enforce those security policies within, this, within the infrastructure and upon the data and, and applications that are being used. But that means that the organization has to have those decisions made. They have to make decisions about how they want to handle privilege access management processes and the like. And so what I find with a number of agencies is is again, as we talk to our customers, federal government is Dell's largest single customer, is to say to them, we're taking this integration burden on for you from a technology standpoint, but when we give it to you, it's going to be a system that you need to manage by policy. And by the way, Here are all the different policy decisions that you're gonna have to make. Are you ready to do that? And that's really what I'm trying to describe when I say there's a policy burden that that we can't take care of. We can take care of the technology burden. We can implement those best practices in accordance with what DOD has put forward. We can have it validated by the DOD as having met that criteria, but it's really that set of policy decisions um, and that process side that I think, you know, agencies should be uh, should be looking to uh, to address.
1: Those policy decisions can be difficult, and I think that that's really where a lot of agencies get stuck. Why are they difficult? What goes into making those policy decisions? How are you all working with your customers to to lead them down that path?
0: Ah, <clears throat> so you know, this is going to sound a little bit like a, a punt but we're bringing the technology solution and we can highlight the areas where organizations need to look. But that task of, you know, business management, policy management within the organization is is something that they have to take on. That's that's not something that we're impacting directly. Um, What we found is as we talked to our federal systems integrator partners, our global alliance partners, we're working to educate them as to how they go about inserting a zero trust solution into a mission environment. And, and that's really the the path that we're taking.
1: I, I think many times agencies may not know what the policy decisions they have to make, right? And that's I think right. they may say, oh, well, is it just Herb Kelsey can see this system, but can't you know download data? Or is it that Herb Kelsey can access this, uh, can't access the system at all unless if, Herb is in the office. Is right. is it all those that, that kind of laundry list of if then's <laughs> to go back to you know our, our old school? Yeah, uh, uh,
0: yeah I mean you, you have it. Yeah, you have it. You have it absolutely right. You know, first of all, is it challenging? Yes, because you have to come to a, a decision, and you want to come to a decision at an enterprise level, hopefully. Uh, so that's a challenge. But yes, it's the decisions about who should see the data when they should see it, and is it in the right context? That's that's the high level. And you have to make those decisions in any event. The difference now is hopefully now they're enforced across the enterprise or across the system in an automated fashion by best practices and not um, neglected because somebody just missed a machine or just missed an update, right? And so it's not so much that as security professionals, we don't understand how to secure a system. It's doing it consistently. It's doing it in an automated fashion and it's reporting on it so that we can learn enough to to be successful. But one of the things that we've pointed out to that portfolio office and to others is that in the Zero Trust architecture, in the zero trust activities and outcomes there are government processes and policies and procedures that have to be have to be decided upon and one of the values i think we've been able to bring to our integrator partners is that we have been close enough to these requirements to be able to as you said show people what they are we have a project plan that actually shows you you know each of the user policy statements that that we need an answer to in order to fine-tune the system so yeah highlighting highlighting what they are is is a first step right acknowledging that you have to do it is a first step and then going about it is the next step but it's an important component of making sure that a zero trust environment can actually function
1: Herbert, i definitely want to go down the path of automation i think you know when you talk about zero trust we talk about cyber security in general Automation is is just so important for so many reasons. But before we do that, one last bit on the segment here about the policy side. Is there an aha moment for agencies? Have you seen that when you start talking about the if then, why they matter, how to walk through it? Is, Is there a moment in time that you've seen them go, okay, I get that now, much different in a different way than maybe previously?
0: I think so. And I want to be careful here to say that You know, Dell is a global organization. So some of the conversations I have are, you know, around the Western world with a number of our partners. I would say that the aha aha moment has come a few times. And it's generally when an organization says, Oh, you're not asking me to figure out how to do the technical integration. You're telling me that you're going to have that meet a specific standard. So, you mean, I just have to figure out how I'm going to identify all of my users. I just have to figure out how I'm going to, you know, have an identity provider. You're telling me that I just need to decide how I'm going to handle the process of raising somebody's privileges and escalating them, but I don't have to implement it in all the 35 tools or 40 tools. That's been the aha moment when they realize that they're going to have an environment that they can manipulate by policy rather than implementing it themselves.
1: Herb, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to implement zero trust, how to go down that path, and maybe we'll even get into automation. But first, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Carisoft on Federal News Network.
0: Empower mission success with Dell Technologies, a trusted partner for government agencies and the U.S. Department of Defense. Dell Technologies provides innovative end-to-end intelligent solutions, ensuring your data drive experiences are delivered securely and responsibly. No matter where your mission takes you, trust Dell Technologies to simplify, secure, and empower your federal workforce. Build your next breakthrough with a flexible, smart, cyber-resilient infrastructure at delltechnologies.com federal. That's delltechnologies.com slash federal.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, innovation and in government sponsored by CareSoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Herb Kelsey, the Project Fort Zero team leader at Dell Technologies. Herb, in the last segment, we talked a little bit about the technology side of Zero Trust. Let's delve a little deeper. There are a lot of challenges when you talk about what goes into a Zero Trust architecture, how to ensure you have the right one. A lot of agencies have a lot of different technologies out there. What are those things that they should think about as we talk about challenges and limitations and the like? When you when they are implementing a zero trust architecture from a technology perspective?
0: So I can give you the perspective that, that we've received from both our private and public sector customers, which is that as they are trying to do the integration themselves, they're finding that they have to bring so many products together that their biggest impediment is the integration burden. And so when we started working with DOD on our project, what we decided we were gonna take on is the integration burden of all those products. So we built an ecosystem of 35 plus partners, and we are taking on the integration burden of meeting the DOD standard and architecture standard for Zero Trust. So that's how we've approached it, which means that when you receive a solution from us, you would place workloads in it, they would be wrapped in a Zero Trust architecture, And you can migrate workloads into that as you see fit, but you're not going through the effort and burden of trying to retrofit your existing environment. That's the approach that we've been taking based on guidance from DOD.
1: The retrofit issue is a big challenging one because a lot of agencies feel like they have a lot of the zero trust capabilities already existing. So talk a little bit more about how that retrofitting works. Why, Why is that so important for agencies to really understand?
0: Well, what's important for them to understand is that the cost and the operational impact of trying to retrofit to the standard that DOD put forward is cost prohibitive and it's time prohibitive. And even as the DOD put out its architecture, the idea of retrofitting the existing environment was their first course of action. But they came up with two other courses of action because the first one was going to take too long and, and spend too much money. And so the second course of action was to try and get zero trust fit into a cloud architecture. The third was to pre, was to create private clouds that were advanced zero trust. Those are the progression of options. There are challenges with the first one from an operation standpoint and from a cost standpoint. And there are even some challenges in the cloud implementations when you start looking at all of the logging that you want to do and how do you generate the AI models and and generate the automation that you want. And so, you know, the, the, the concern about retrofitting is that, yes, you believe you've already got the zero trust components in, but I would challenge that those, that has not been validated by an independent third party, right? You know, we live in this environment of multiple vendors and each one having a component of zero trust and saying that they complete the, the obligation that DOD wants you to, to, to meet, but it has to be validated by a third party. That's why I mentioned in the prior segment, for us, there is a destination for zero trust and it's getting validated by a DOD red team that says, we agree that this solution meets the either the 91 target activities for zero trust or the 152 advanced activities for zero trust. That's what's written into the architecture specification. And that's what we're going to need. And that's the integration burden that customers say they don't want to have to go through.
1: We know with any big technology project, any new capabilities, that integration is really can be the hardest part because right. there's so many pieces and parts that go with it. That's right. And you mentioned you the mentioned multi-cloud cloud piece. And I think that's a perfect example. When you're dealing with multi-clouds, how do you ensure that the capabilities kind of go through that all. Is that something, again, you are starting to discuss with agencies about how to use different capabilities, how to ensure that the, the zero trust technologies work within each of the clouds or the multi-cloud environment? Yes.
0: Yeah, so that was, you know, that was one of the objectives that, that we were given by DoD. Our first objective was to meet what they call course of action three, which is bringing an advanced zero trust private cloud to market. The second was showing the interoperability and supporting the cloud vendors as they try and get to target zero trust within their cloud environments. And so, you know, one of the nice things about Dell is that we naturally have a lot of these partnerships either with the uh, technology partners that are in our ecosystem or with the hyperscalers uh, for whom we supply equipment. And so it's, it's been an ongoing conversation uh, with all of those parties to show that kind of capability um, the hyper cloud or the hybrid cloud environment um, is an important one it's part of our core strategy and the zero trust work we're doing is being done uh, in support of that as well
1: what are some of those considerations as agencies live in this multi-cloud environment and when it comes to zero trust are there pieces and parts that that maybe they aren't considering that they need to
0: consider i think i think one of the main con- one, one of the main things that I think everyone understands is that you have to understand how you're going to federate your identity across those environments. And, and I think that's understood. I think it's a challenge, but I think it's understood. I think the one that's, that's not as well understood is how do you deal with the shared security model in a hyperscaler where The automation that you want to do and the AI models that you want to do require you to collect detailed logging information from your infrastructure and detailed logging information from the behavior of your users, your applications, and data, and then combine those two so that you can create models that can accelerate your response to an attack or response to an incident. It's a challenge to get all of that telemetry data and logging data and combine it together. So I think that has to be understood and worked on and maybe changes in business model or what have you. But I think that's one where a lot of agencies haven't really come to grips with what that means because as we talk about what we've done in our system and show some of the AI capabilities People are interested in it and they're like, well, how do we build that? Um, But it's going to be a challenge to do so in the cloud. And so I think that's probably one that people haven't quite um, gotten a full understanding of.
1: Herb, you brought up AI. feels like we always got to talk about artificial intelligence.
0: Absolutely, There's there's a
1: lot of excitement around it. There's always that discussion of what is AI, how it's being used. But talk a little about the intersection between AI and zero trust and how those two technologies can actually uh, complement each other.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so, yes, we have to have the AI portion of the segment. Um, You know, AI is one of, well, automation is one of the big evolution steps in Zero Trust. How do we collect enough data, logging telemetry across the board, to be able to create AI models that in turn we can use to automate our application of security policy against threats that come into our system. And so AI becomes the accelerant, AI becomes the force multiplier. It becomes the way in which we also make up for um, any shortages in personnel that we may have. If we can take our very best people, create models that mimic their behavior, and then apply that across all three shifts, if you will. You know, We have improved the entire system. We have, we have raised the bar through automation. And so we spend a lot of time in our logging subsystem, understanding how do we pull off the data we need into an AI pipeline and apply that automation into our system. That's one key area. But the other key area that we're finding as we talk to our customers is they want to build these complex AI models that know everything that they do about their constituent or everything that they know about their customer and build these AI models to drive um, better outcomes for their constituents or greater revenue from their uh, customer base. But the thing that we end up saying to them is, you know, you've just created a high value target. You know, you've just created a very valuable piece of intellectual property. And so we say to them often, you want to bring that into your zero trust protected environment pretty quickly because protecting that AI model and protecting the data that creates that AI model just became very important to your organization. So we have a lot of conversations with customers about AI and saying, how are you going to protect it?
1: And I think in the few minutes we have left, Herb, I think that's the key piece here is it's not about, oh, do we have this great AI or do we have the best integrations? It's, it's really all about protecting the data and understanding as the attack surface changes, how can the agencies respond more quickly? Then uh, that's really what Zero Trust is is all about, understanding where the, where the attacker is trying to get to and stopping them, stopping the lateral hops what's from, you know, in the minute or so we have left here, what's the big takeaway from our conversation today? What do you want to make sure people, if they get one thing from our conversation, what is it?
0: I I think if they get one thing, our, our understanding is that Zero Trust has a destination, which is to meet an objective standard. It is absolutely, as you just said, about protecting the data. It's about achieving outcomes. And so, you know, I think that I think that we have an opportunity to do a much better job of protecting data within our infrastructure because we have a defined set of practices to follow. And I believe we'll have better outcomes if we create solutions that allow organizations to focus on the policy side and focus on the process side and not have to focus so much on the technology and the integration and the integration burden. I think that's a better situation for the majority of our customers as we've discussed with them.
1: All right. A lot more to talk about. The zero trust journey is a long one. It's a marathon. We will have plenty more times to get together and and figure out how agencies can continue to move the ball forward. Herb, well, that's all the time we have for today. So Let me thank my guest. Herb Kelsey is the Project Fort Zero team leader at Dell Technologies. Herb, thanks so much for taking the time today.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate the questions. And um, hopefully this was informative for your audience.
1: I think we all learned a lot. Uh, I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Carisoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Innovation.
0: Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com keyword innovation.